2: What's going on everybody? This is BGN Radio episode number 235. With me as always is Brandon Lee Galton of leadingregeneration.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. Uh, slow news week aside from the Senior Bowl week of practices uh, going on and I was in attendance down in Mobile, Alabama for those. Brandon, what's going on buddy?
1: Maybe a slow news week in general, Jimmy, but we have a fantastic podcast for the listeners here today. That's right. and there actually is some newsy stuff to talk about at
2: the top. Yeah, not a slow news uh, week in no, the NFL, slow, slow news right. week for the Eagles specifically.
1: Right. <laughs> um, but there's some huge news on this podcast, Jimmy, and it's that I have a new microphone. So I saw that. I, I should have
2: asked you about that pre, uh, pre-show.
1: You should have, uh, but you're a jerk, so you didn't, <laughs> and that's okay. Um, there's a good microphone thing in bgn radio history where uh longtime listeners and devout listeners gentle listeners some would say of the kistam solak show will recall that one benjamin solak was more excited to get a new microphone than to be engaged i believe at one point uh or at least he, like he expressed like more excitement um he's like i have some big news And it's a new microphone. And I think Kist was like, well, what about the engagement? And he was like, oh, yeah, uh, probably should have led with that. Um, So good stuff. Um, I don't have an engagement to announce, but I do have a new microphone, and it's exciting. So if it's any worse or weird or anything, hopefully it's better. But if it's worse, uh, we're working through it. So just a little preface there for the listeners. Before we dive into today's jam-packed show, Jimmy, have to tell everyone that this episode and all of our episodes here at BGN Radio are brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. You can go to RighteousFelon.com, use 15, you can get 15% off by using discount code bgn fifteen. Off of meat snacks, beef jerky, meat tubes, and they have a bunch of non-meat snacks. So if you're vegetarian or vegan, there are options there for you as well at com, Discount code BGN15, 15% off.
2: So where should we start, Brandon? Doug? Well, Jimmy. Mr. Peterson? I think so. Okay. Well, Doug has a head coaching job. I was, start, I was starting to wonder if he wasn't going to land anything ever. Uh, He was a hot candidate, I think, early on. Maybe not a hot candidate, but he got a lot of interviews early on because he was one of the rare uh, potential candidates who could interview early because he doesn't currently have a job. So like, he got a bunch of early interviews, and I think his first one actually was with the Jaguars. And uh, about a month later, uh, they finally hired him. Actually, I think more than a month later, they finally hired him. But uh, good for Doug, in my opinion. I don't think it's the best head coaching opportunity out there obviously in Jacksonville. They've had in their last 12 seasons I believe, they've had 11 seasons in which they've had double digit losses and during that span of 12 years, they've had nine nine different head coaches. Now that includes interim head coaches like they had this year and one of the other years, I think Doug Marone took over for somebody. I forget who exactly who that was. So seven new hires, sort of. Uh, actually, no, I think he was eight new hires because Marone kept the job after being the interim head coach. But anyway, point is, insane number of head coaches have been in and out of that building. So hopefully Doug can outlast uh, a lot of the guys who have been sort of recycled very quickly with Urban Meyer being an absolute disaster of a hire uh, for them this year, but what are your initial thoughts? I guess just in terms of Doug, and in terms of what he brings to the table for Jacksonville.
1: Well, we are recording this uh, what four years now after the Eagles won Super Bowl <laughs> right. Fifty Two, February Fourth, oh, right. the
2: anniversary. I didn't even realize that. Look at that.
1: So there's some nice little poetry, cemetery, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think with Doug getting hired. Uh, really on the eve before today, but still this being Doug's big day, at least in terms of being back in the spotlight. And, uh, I'm excited for Doug because I think he deserves it. And as we said many a times on this podcast last year, that all of the struggles that went on with the Eagles in 2020 were hardly just his mm-hmm. fault. And it was never as simple as just like, all right, you get rid of Doug and he was the only problem. Um, I think Carson Wentz, you know, didn't get enough blame. I think Howard Roseman didn't get enough blame and all of that. Uh So I'm glad to see Doug getting another opportunity because I think he deserves it. But I mean, you kind of outlined why there's reason to wonder if he even will be able to succeed in Jacksonville, because it's not necessarily just up to him because you have to worry about an owner who's demonstrated that he does not oversee success. Mm-hmm. And and not only that, but like does oversee really bad failures. So you worry about that. You worry about Trent Baalke being there. There's some talk that, they might the, the Jags might hire Rick Spielman, who famously didn't draft uh Jalen Rager because he wasn't <laughs> on the board. He took Justin Jefferson instead. Obviously, he's made some bad decisions too. But even that I don't necessarily love because it sounds like Bucky still might be staying on. And if Bucky is still in that building, even if he's under Rick Spielman in some sense, like, you know, I don't love like there being a future power play, right. like the threat of that. So I don't love the organization and I don't think Doug loved the organization. Albert Breer said earlier this week that Doug was kind of like hesitant about the Jacksonville job because of all the, you know, un- uncertainty with the structure there. And I think it kind of came down to Doug probably got strong uh overtures from the jags early on in the process and maybe they wanted to hire him and he was probably maybe he was like well i'm gonna wait and see here what else i (laughs) can get maybe if there's any other opportunities and i think it turned out that the other places weren't as hot for him um so i think he kind of ended up settling for them uh and and being like well okay i'll give it a shot because there is trevor lawrence here and we have the number one overall pick so so maybe i can make it work and maybe uh, you know, he he looks at the division too, and it's not necessarily an amazing division. So I hope Doug does well, but I kind of worry that uh the the bulky factor and the Shad Khan uh factor is gonna be his undoing.
2: Yeah, it's not a great. It's it's like we said, it's not a good organization. Obviously, I mean the and he famously sort of uh uh was critical of that, not necessarily their organization, but Doug Marone specifically. Um, during you know after the uh ch- the NFL championship round games where he was aggressive at the end of the first half uh against Minnesota where uh they got the they got the big play down the sideline to to Ertz and they kicked a, a field goal just before the end of the first half and the Jaguars uh conversely did the exact opposite they had a chance to mm-hmm. you know maybe get some extra points against the Patriots uh at the end of that uh first half and they instead chose to Bleed the clock out, and were content to go into halftime with a with a small lead. And Doug said and he watched that game, and he thought to himself, "We're not doing that against the Patriots. We're going to be aggressive when we have opportunities to to step on the gas and and try to put them away." And we saw the Super Bowl. That's what he did. And Doug changed the game to some degree with aggressiveness on fourth down, and and you know, sort of going for it um, in in those situations and and uh, other aggressive scenarios. You know, it's sort of become the norm in the NFL to, well, to go for it more. In the on uh, fourth, we haven't seen that as much in the playoffs, really. I was going to say you <laughs> say that, but Sean McVay is in the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? And and Shanahan punted uh, three times from in from either at the Rams' forty-five or inside their forty-five yard. Three times he punted. It's craziness that that whatever, anyway, for the most part. What we've seen from teams that they've, as, is that they've sort of taken Doug's lead uh, on that and uh, in, in being more aggressive on fourth down. So, uh, you know, kudos to Doug for for sort of changing some minds in that regard. And uh, it's good to see him back in the league. And it'll be good to see him back in Philadelphia uh, during mm. the 2022 season as the Jaguars are on the Eagles' schedule. They are scheduled to play in Philadelphia to be determined mm. when, uh, but he'll he'll be here. And assuming he doesn't get fired midseason, and uh, also if the uh, Colts keep Carson Wentz, he will play. Oh, him twice in 2022. Assuming Wentz doesn't get hurt, etc. Although I think some of the bad feelings there may have either been put to bed or were or maybe were exaggerated because, as we saw during training camp this past off season, uh, Doug visited the Colts and you know had you know, interacted with Frank Reich and. Carson and whatever, but still a little interesting subplot to his hiring in Jacksonville.
1: At the very least, even if the Colts don't keep Wentz, we'll get Doug versus Frank Reich twice Mm -hmm. a year. And as a reminder, Frank Reich has never swept the Jags since he joined the Colts. So we'll see if he can do that against Doug. Maybe not. Would like to see it go the other way around. Um, I do think Doug raises their floor a little bit just because you know, you had Urban Meyer, who was a total <laughs> yes. disaster and a joke. And at the very least, even if you're like one of the biggest Doug haters for some reason, which I don't think you should be, considering the man uh, brought a Vince Lombardi trophy to Philadelphia. And No, it was not Frank Reich just being the mastermind. Doug absolutely deserves a ton of credit for that happening. Um, I do think he at least, you know, brings them up to a level of, you know, a doormat, an absolute just, you know, travesty disaster team. I mean, it, this is a very low bar to clear. Like this is the team that has the number one overall pick the past two years. Like I'm pretty sure they're not going to be picking one overall again. He will bring them up a little bit at the very least. Um, So I'm excited to see how that goes. And I'm really glad he's in the AFC because it's, you know, it's just easier to kind of root for him. There obviously won't be when he's coming to play the Eagles, but outside of that. um, And then again, yeah, with, and then potentially Jonathan Gannon too maybe being in the AFC South if he gets hired by the Texans that's kind of <laughs> that's a right. like yeah. weird interesting thing to <laughs> yes. follow and i think it's very easy to root for not that like Jonathan Gannon is super like hateable or whatever but it's still easier to root for like Doug against Gannon twice a year and and Doug against Reich and Wentz twice a year um so excited to see and how Schwartz it goes in Tennessee if he stays yeah there's some talk that what the Colts might actually, well, the the Colts, Jimmy, I don't know if you saw this this week, the Colts are reportedly uh, interested in Jimbo for their uh, defensive coordinator opening. So maybe he'll flip over to, so that's really weird. The AFC South uh, has been compared, I think to the NFC East before in terms of being not the best division, (laughs) but now it's kind of just like the the (laughs) NFC East, like the trash, like, or the not trash, but like, you know, the recycle, the, uh, yeah, recycling. Um, So that's kind of funny. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see. The first Super Bowl winning head coach to ever come back to Philadelphia,
2: As, yeah, well, Doug, when
1: he comes to the length course, this year. Yeah. So obviously, he'll get a warm welcome, but uh, it'll be weird. It'll be interesting. It's it's weird. To me, it's really weird to think of Doug on another team. I think it'll be an but, uh, overwhelmingly
2: warm welcome. I wonder what they'll do for that, be. too, because it's not like you know players or coaches get announced or anything like that, but I wonder... I guess they'll probably carve inside some kind of moment for him to, you know, wave, be recognized, whatever.
1: Well, they did that with Andy, right? They showed him on the screen. Oh, right. I think, because okay. He ran out. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they'll show him. Um, they better. Uh, other news. Does Doug stand? What's that? Do, well, does Doug take a picture with his statue? <laughs> <laughs> Do they haven't take a picture of the statue outside the stadium. That they keep moving further away. By oh, the way. I think so. I think they moved it out of like where it was originally close to the stadium. Anyway. That always
2: had to be super Wits, annoying yeah. for uh, Wentz to be the quarterback of the team. And there's a statue of Doug and, and Dick Foles. Oh, man. Whatever.
1: Um, <laughs> other news, Jimmy. Uh, current Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts, underwent ankle surgery this week. And what do you put into that? Because I feel like there was some. I feel like the way that gets leaked out to a national reporter and the framing, which I believe Tom Pelissero put out there, mm-hmm. was kind of like, well, it was impacting him late in the year. It seems like a little kind of like, well,
2: you can't criticize him for struggling because he was hurt. See, I think that does more harm than good in terms of you know pointing to his ankle injury as a reason that he struggled because for like a, a quarterback who relies on his running ability, it's not just a matter of can they play or can they not play? If he's hampered by an injury that is limiting his ability as a runner, can he then transition to be a different kind of quarterback because he can't lean on that anymore? And I don't think at this point in his career that Jalen Hurts can do that. So it's not just durability in the sense of can he play through pain Can he, you know, start X number of games every year? It's can he stay healthy enough to where, you know, he's not going to be like he's not going to have to change, you know, what he is as a player. And that's a concern. So like if 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 you're blaming his late season struggles on the injury, well, I think that just sort of spotlights, you know, sort of the other side of that. Also, it wasn't
1: like he was like red hot and then he got right, hurt right, and right. then he was like ice cold after that. He actually had two of his better games in terms of passer rating uh, in like the final couple of weeks against in the season. I think once against the Giants and then the other one against the Washington football mm-hmm. team the second game. So and I thought that was one of his better games all season. So I don't want to hear like. You know, oh, he was just totally ham- hampered by the ankle injury. I mean, mobility wise, you can look at the rushing numbers and see that, but like he still had some success. So I don't want to hear like he totally couldn't succeed at all because he had the ankle. Um, like this is like, uh, not something that I want to go big enough or go hard on this point, but kind of like something that I've been wondering about. I feel like there was a little bit too excuse-making for Jalen Hurts coming from his camp too, or him directly at the end of the season. And that's, that was kind of weird to me because I don't think that's who Jalen Hurts is. And maybe I'm making too much out of it, but like in his post, uh season press conference he had mentioned like well all these different offensive systems and then the ankle and i was like i don't want to i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear like all these different excuses because i've heard those things about other bad quarterbacks like sam bradford everyone used to say that well it's using a different offensive system again (laughs) how could he possibly succeed so i don't want to hear like these excuses and i'm not gonna again like go hard on him and say he was doing that because that's not really the jalen hurts i know a lot and his character but like i I didn't love like the twinge of that that's the word i would use i guess i felt like there was like a little bit of that that i maybe i'm i'm misinterpreting but i didn't love that people
2: will do that for you if if it's a valid enough uh you know excuse Mm -hmm. but um you know certainly hurts throughout the season when he had bad games he was he acknowledged it like and he he took accountability for yep. for his bad play when he did have bad games. Um, And he didn't I, I think he didn't really necessarily celebrate uh, his good performances, really, like he did on the field, like, you know, as he was coming off the, the field during those games. And he should. Uh, but I don't think he really talked himself up after the good game. So, uh, you know, that was sort of a, a 180. The, at least the uh, the accountability part from his predecessor. So I, I give him points in terms of uh, the way that he's handled himself in that regard in, in press conferences. But I do kind of see the point that you're making there. That uh, you know, just let uh, let other people make those excuses for you. Don't make those yourself.
1: I agree. Um, next thing on the quarterback topic, to me, Tom Brady, who famously is known for losing to the Eagles <laughs> in the Super Bowl and nothing else in his entire career, or well,
2: cheating as well
1: cheating oh sorry cheating but not being good enough at cheating to beat the eagles Mm -hmm. in the super bowl when they played the second time i mean you put this tweet out there i believe back when the news first emerged that tom brady was going to retire and it had to be walked back for some reason because tom brady wasn't ready to say it himself or whatever (laughs) um but you would put out that like okay brady's gone aaron Rodgers might be very well leaving the NFC to go to Denver, Mm -hmm. or we'll see. Uh, If the Eagles have Russell Wilson and they have the best offensive line, or at least one of them, or at least probably the best offensive line that Russell Wilson's ever had to work with, don't they arguably have the top quarterback in the NFC?
2: Yeah. I mean, they could be looking at like multi-year seasons with both the best quarterback in the NFC and the best offensive line. (laughs) So like, like even if Kelsey read. But are
1: they, but are they too far away? Are they too far away to have that?
2: (laughs) Like even if Kelsey retires, the offensive line I think is still in pretty good shape anyway because you have the two offensive tackles in and Jordan Milada and Lane and Lane Johnson who, I mean they're going to be in place for the foreseeable future. Landon Dickerson uh, had a had a good rookie season. They have other guys that have played well. Um,
1: they have three first round picks, so they want exactly. to add another. So offensive their line. offensive
2: line going to be in in, in in great shape. It'll be by far the best offense—it would be by far, rather, the best offensive line that Russell Wilson has ever played in front behind in his NFL career. And then, like, I think, um, you know, some people look at uh, the receivers and they go, well, why would he want to play with these receivers? And I get, certainly, it's a downgrade from playing with guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to, you know, what the Eagles have. But the Eagles aren't totally barren like they have been in the past. Like, Devontae Smith is a legit, is a legit player. Dallas Goddard is, in my opinion— either already a top five tight end in the NFL, or at least sort of on his way. Um, So that's a good starting point. And like you said, they have plenty of picks in this draft. They can continue to improve there. They can maybe make a move in free agency. Defense uh, is certainly not where it needs to be, and they can improve that as well. But you you look at, like, the landscape of the NFC, it's not that good. (laughs) You have the Rams in the the Super Bowl right now. We were talking about them possibly as, like, I mean, you look at they – have obviously some star power on the defensive side of the ball with Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey. And they traded of course for, for Matthew Stafford. Um, But it's not like that team is any sort of juggernaut or or anything close to it. And they have sort of an aging roster and you look at the rest Mm -hmm. of the teams around the NFC and they're just, you know, sort of some of them are above average, but it's not a really compelling group like you have in the AFC where you have the Chiefs and the Bills and the team that's in the Super Bowl I'm not even listening as, you know, one of the top two in the Bengals. Um, so, like, I think the 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 power has really shifted to the AFC in terms of, like, the elite teams. And there's plenty of room for... I, I think the NFC, the way I'll say it is, I think the NFC is going to be absolutely wide open in 2023. I mean, even if Rodgers stays with the Packers... We've seen what they've kind of been in the playoffs, and it's not a good roster, you know, aside from him. So if you're the Eagles, you kind of have to consider that, and it's not so crazy to maybe sort of go for it, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Bengals, by the way, are another great example of, you know, how quickly fortunes can turn in the NFL. I mean, we're looking at a team that was 2-14 in 2019. They're 4-11-1, like the Eagles were in 2020. So, you know... It's not so crazy that you can take what the Eagles already kind of have on their roster and turn it into something significantly better in one year.
1: And how did the Bengals make such a big jump? I mean, they didn't uh, add the quarterback, quarterback. like right <laughs> after last season, but they had him there in place. And he turned them around from being where they were at the number one overall pick to being in the Super Bowl. Not the only reason the Bengals are in the Super Bowl is because of Joe Burrow, but um having that foundation really helps and then obviously you know they're able to add good receiving talent but like their defense a lot of how they rebuilt their defense was through free agency right like they signed trey hendrickson um they signed i don't think this is the best example but like trey waynes and eli apple like they added pieces um through free agency to improve on that side of the ball and it's not like an elite defense although they had elite defensive performance in the second half against Patrick Mahomes to shut him down. But yeah. And then on the Rams to touch on them real quick, like they're not necessarily built to last. Like you pointed out, like OBJ is a free agent after this season. Von Miller's a free agent after this season. Um, and they're, you know, Von Miller's a little bit older anyway. So, uh, and they don't have draft picks like to like, you know, really replenish that roster because right. they've traded them all away. Like they're kind of all in now. So, uh, yeah, there's no juggernaut in the NFC. And if you have Russell Wilson, you arguably have the best quarterback. RJ disagreed with me when we talked about this on the NFC's mixtape, but like, okay, who are you putting definitely above him? You know, like Stafford. Like no. I think that's an argument. I, I mean, think so. if, even I, if, I don't,
2: th- I don't think Stafford's better. Than, I would better take than, Russ, yeah.
1: but like, you're, you're, it's not like you can't. Even if you want to argue for Stafford, you can't say he's head and shoulders above Russ. Um, you know, we're talking Who about Rodgers if he say? stays. Uh, Dak, I guess. <laughs> you know, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, you can take Kirk Cousins, really. <laughs> Uh RJ is a Kirk Cousins guy so tough look for him Um, but yeah I, I you know I, I think it's absolutely something the Eagles need to think about when it comes to that's that's again why I can't buy into the, they're too far away what are you talking about look at the conference how are they far away like anyway all right uh the last thing I want to talk about Jimmy in this first segment is the Pro Bowl and now wait <laughs> I know you everyone wants to skip ahead and be like what are you doing why are you even talking about the Pro Bowl it doesn't matter and I agree there's
2: five um, Eagles that er- made it now
1: <laughs> there were, although Jason Kelsey, uh, yeah. you know, is opting out to rest, understandably. But the one that I didn't get, because I think Slay makes obviously sure. Kelsey makes sense. Slay, yeah. I get it. Had it, you know, good year. Um, Hargrave got Jake Elliott was named as a replacement. He should have been in arguably over Matt gay, Matt gay yeah. in the first place um or at least you know he's right there J- Javon Hargrave should have been in before Kenny mm-hmm. Clark when you just look at the numbers it's not even like close it's a clear win for Hargrave those are all reasonable Josh Sweat <laughs> making the Pro Bowl <laughs> i mean i'm not trying to hate on josh sweat here and first of all my first takeaway in seeing him get announced as a replacement was i'm glad he can play after having that quote-unquote like life-threatening situation that caused him to miss the playoff game so first of all i want to say that that i'm happy that josh sweat is healthy enough to be in the pro bowl but i just don't understand it like and it's not like i'm not trying to this conversation isn't about like The the injustice of Josh Sweat making the Pro Bowl. It's like how Josh Sweat is viewed, maybe among Eagles fans, and I think he might be a little bit overrated here. I mean, there are twelve NFC edge rushers who had more sacks than Josh Sweat in twenty twenty one. Pro Football Focus had Josh Sweat as their like twenty fourth ranked edge rusher, and he is forty second in their past rushing productivity metric. Um, I just and I, like look, I know Josh Sweat. I'm not saying Josh Sweat's a bad player, but like he's a pro bowler? I just think that's a little much. And the one thing that I looked at uh, or I found looking back at his numbers was how he performed against some of the best teams. And Jimmy, can you tell me how many sacks Josh Sweat had in games against playoff teams in the 2021 season? I
2: know he had a big game against Detroit, so that doesn't help him. Uh I forget the other big game that he had, but I'm going to, how many sacks did he have against playoff teams? Is that what you're asking me? Yes. One. Mm-hmm. I'll say one.
1: So including playoff teams and, and, and I'll even throw near playoff teams as I qualified that as like the saints and the chargers. Cause they, you know, they were like in it yeah. till the uh-huh. final week. They just missed out. Um, a half a sack. <laughs> he had a half a sack in all of those games this season. And six of his seven and a half sacks came against the lions The Jets, the Giants, and Washington. And in those Giants and Washington games, at least one of those two games, because obviously they play them twice, um, but the ones later in the season especially, I think the last two, I guess, is how I would phrase it. I know the Giants started the game with their backup right tackle, I believe, Matt Pert, and he got hurt. So then they were like their third string guy, and Washington was on their backup, because I think Sam Cosme was like on COVID or hurt mm-hmm. or whatever going into that game. So I'm not trying to say Sweat sucks, but like <laughs> considering him a pro bowl player already is just like a little bit generous to me. And I'd also see like to see like some more impact against the better teams and not just take advantage of the really crappy teams that you played. So that's my Josh Sweat thing.
2: So I will say in Josh, uh, in, in Josh sweats favor in 2020, I forget what his sack totals were five, I think five or six, something like that.
1: Six and a half, okay. I think. Six. Yeah.
2: There were no cheapies in there. So, like, he legitimately played sure. real well. And some of those sacks came against really good players, like uh, against the Saints. He had two sacks, helped them win that game. Um, going up against mm-hmm. Teron Armstead, uh, I think he's the Eagles' best pass rusher by a significant margin. Like, I think he's like clearly passed. Which isn't saying right a ton, Yeah, but, but, but he clearly yes. passed Derek Barnett um, and, you know, sort of overtook him as the Eagles' best pass rusher. Um, well, I guess maybe BG. Is probably in, mm. still in that conversation. Uh but it's in terms of like, you know, guys who are gonna be here in the long term, he's the best pass rusher on the team. Um, edge rusher specifically. Um and I like him, but <laughs> certainly like there were probably other guys around the NFL that were <laughs> more deserving of of filling in for whoever opted out of the uh, was it, Bosa who who opted out of the uh
1: yeah so injury
2: <laughs> but yeah it, 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 when i saw that he had made the pro ball i was like wow how many guys like how many guys did they have to go through before they got to him uh
1: yeah the last thing i'll say on the sweat thing again don't <laughs> not trying to say he sucks or anything i just think, i like you know yeah, i week, like
2: josh sweat, to be clear <laughs>
1: i think he's a good young player yeah. for this team to have but like I think we need to see more. It's not just like, well, he's a pro bowler and he's kind of arrived. It's like, no, like we need to see more. And it's all about expectation, right? Like a lot of people, I think like Josh wet for a long time because he's a steal for yes. a fourth round pick. And that's undoubtedly true, but he's no longer the fourth round pick on a rookie contract. He is now an edge rusher who got a contract extension who is paid 22nd in terms of annual value of red rushers. So I need to see a little bit more than just being happy with a fourth round pick. I need to see like, you know, top production and against good teams too, not just racking up stats against the bad ones. So if he were a first round pick, people that's... would hate
2: him. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like if he had, the, and, and I'm not saying like, I, again, I, I really like Joshua, but if he had like, if he was a first round pick and he had like the first couple seasons that he had of his career, like he would have lost fans like really quickly, but he was what he was. I mean, he was a guy that, that was sort of like mm-hmm. an injury risk And he had like the really impressive, like, uh, combine measurables, like the the athletic measurables, and was a, you know, sort of a project. And he turned into a very good player. So, uh, not, not not a very good player. Uh, He turned into a good player for now. Can still be a very good player. Uh, I'm interested to see what he can do going forward. Um, but yeah, Yeah,
1: I'm not down on him, but like next year kind of has to be like a double digit sack season or like, you know, approaching that. Like, has, there needs to be another step forward. Like this can't, this season cannot be like Joshua's peak. If it is, that's not a good. Give me contract. a nice handful of uh, um,
2: forced fumbles in the mix there too.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So sorry, Joshua. Didn't mean to like <laughs> <laughs> have you catch a stray. Um, not trying to disparage you entirely. I just, I just that was just like perplexing to me. I'm like, I just don't choose to believe that Joshua is canonically a pro bowler because I don't <laughs> think he's at that level yet. Um, he can get there, but I just don't think he's there yet. All right. Jimmy, why don't we take a break here? Cause we're going to get into a more relevant bowl this week. I would say that is the senior bowl than the pro mm-hmm. bowl. Um, and some of uh, you were down in Alabama, so we'll, we'll get into that. But before we touch on that, I want to tell you again about righteous felon craft jerky. If you're looking to support bleeding your nation radio, BGN radio, it's a free podcast that you get. If you want to help support us to help keep the lights on here, you can go to righteous felon.com. That's R I G. H-T-E-O-U-S-F-E-L-O-N, RighteousFelon.com, and use discount code BGN15, BGN15 for 15% off your order, the best snacks you can get. There are meat snacks. There are non-meat snacks. You can check it all out on the website. It is a local company, so you're helping support a local business. In addition to us, it's worth everyone's time. So go to RighteousFelon.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off order, your order. And you can use the same discount code at wildnaturepet.com for 15% off of dog treats. Jimmy. Back
2: after this.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in.
1: Jimmy, we are back here on BGN Radio, episode two thirty five. You're back, Jimmy. You were down at the Senior Bowl, and now you're back here. It was
2: heavily attended by Philly media, which makes sense because the Eagles have ten picks and they have three first round picks. I mean, even more uh, heavily attended than normal. Like it was. uh, I was, of course, there. Uh, My old podcast partner, Tommy Lawler, was. We got to have Tommy on at some point too. During the yeah, yes. draft season,
1: especially during draft season, uh, yeah.
2: the Inquirer, they had three guys there: McLean, Tolentino, EJ Smith, uh, the two athletic guys there, Bo and Zach, uh, Fran and C Mac. From what are from all the these Eagles? free shoutouts? I don't, I don't <laughs> approve of this, <laughs> but it was fun hanging out with those guys, watching practice uh, with them. So, uh, 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 just a quick mention. Uh, so, what do, what do we want to do? Should we go through some prospects here? That makes sense for the do Eagles. You mean, why don't?
1: We play this game that you made Benjamin Solak, the aforementioned Benjamin Solak, play here once upon a time where um, we go through a player at every position mm-hmm. from the senior bowl that makes sense for the Eagles. But if we did that and we didn't set a time limit on it, we could be here yeah. for hours Rambling. doing that. So why don't we, were we going to say 20 seconds, well, I can, I'll call it?
2: I think I can do either 15 or 20.
1: Whatever. Why don't we give you 20? Okay. And if I don't use up and my 20,
2: I'll just move on to the next guy.
1: Sure. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to fill all 20, but you can't go over 20. Okay. Because once I hit 20 here on my phone, which I'll be timing you on, uh, I'm going to say move on and you just, have to move just on. Just give
2: me a really blunt, like loud, obnoxious next.
1: <laughs> all right. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to start the clock in three, two, one go. all right
2: uh quarterback there's actually a very good group there this year like some of the top quarterbacks in this draft class but the guy that I think stands out is Malik Willis because he's a very good runner run- running style reminds me a little bit of Jalen Hurts and he can run so- by some guys can also run through you really strong arm a little more accurate I think than Jalen Hurts' prospect coming out but the appeal to him is that he's sort of like Jalen Hurts Next. but better on running back Brian Robinson uh Alabama bigger back Uh, you know, over 220 pounds. I think he can give you sort of a younger, more spry version of Jordan Howard, can be that power back complement to Miles Sanders. Wide receiver, Christian Watson, uh from North Dakota State, bigger guy. I think the Eagles need a bigger receiver to add to the mix with Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins. He is 6'4, uh, has some athletic ability. Um, good to see him compete against some higher level competition. Had a good week. Tight end. I think the best guy there was Trey McBride out of Colorado State. I think he's going to go day two. I don't think Eagles should take one that high. Uh, maybe a, a better option for them in day three is uh, Charlie Kolar from uh, Iowa State, who reminds me a little bit of a poor man's Zach Ertz. He's not going to wow you with his yak ability or his blocking ability, but he gets open and makes catches, can move the chains Offensive line, I'm just going to go one guy here, not offensive tackle, offensive card, whatever, but Jamari Salyer out of uh, uh, Georgia played all five positions for them uh, at at Georgia, not unlike Isaac Samalo did for Orient State back in the day. Eagles really value those kinds of guys, so I think he's sort of a versatile piece that can be a backup early, maybe earn a starting job later in his career. Next. Defensive end, uh, Jermaine Johnson, really weird uh, career for him was originally at a juco school cuz he had bad grades went to Georgia couldn't get on the field for them cuz they were so stacked on defense goes to Florida State ACC player of the year defensively uh big year for them had a good year at the senior bowl uh has been mocked to the eagles in some uh, uh in some Next. mock drafts Defensive tackle Perry on Winfrey from Oklahoma. He was the best player at the Senior Bowl this week, like crazy good. Uh, I think if you watch the game on Saturday, uh, you'll see him sort of replicate what he did in practice all week. But he's a guy, sort of a late bloomer. Uh, like him, I think he's actually going to be a first-round pick now at this point with the with the week that he had. Next, uh, linebacker Devin Lloyd didn't didn't compete this this week, so that was a little disappointing. But the other guy that I think is going to be drafted kind of highly is Chad Muma from wyoming i don't have his stats in front of me but he totally lit up the uh, stat sheet for them uh this year and somebody comped him to like sort of like a Leighton vander esch if you can get that kind of player but next but also healthy sorry uh L- sam linebacker we'll go to now d'angelo malone uh from western kentucky nine sacks i believe for him in his uh final season there he's got some speed has some speed to power rushes uh, i think he's an upgrade from Jannard avery as a, as a rusher in coverage And against the run. Uh, Cornerback, I'm going to go really obscure here. Guy named Gregory Jr. from, I'm going to mispronounce this for sure, but Wachita Baptist, which is apparently in Arkansas, just had sticky coverage all all week. Just kept noticing him over and over again. And then at safety, Cam Taylor Britt from nebraska played cornerback and safety uh for nebraska it would be interesting to see where teams view him either as a cornerback or a safety i think he's a safety uh he's you know he'll lay the wood uh but he's got some coverage ability uh, i think he makes a lot of sense for this eagles defense especially if jonathan gannon sticks around then, all right that's it
1: in total good job by you jimmy that was just under three minutes and 30 seconds uh, there were a couple of positions there where I didn't even have to say next, so that was pretty good. Uh, did, any specialist that you you wanted to touch on? I did not pay attention the punter there at or no? all.
2: So uh, Matt Araiza is the guy that people really seem mm-hmm. to be you know infatuated with as a punter. Uh, he's going to get drafted, like I think probably early day three. Like he could day go two. fourth round, maybe. Like he's not going to be like the Jaguars who took uh, Brian Anger. I think Anger. in the third round. <laughs> it's, I, don't think, I don't know. May, I I guess it's possible. But
1: late third round possible with those comp picks with those, you know, uh, JC, uh, whatever they're the other classified, oh, yeah, you know, late third uh, round pick,
2: yeah, JS3, whatever they are, uh, for losing, uh, you know, uh, minority, uh, coordinator, whatever to, uh, or female, uh, to mm. GM or head coach job. Um, yeah, it's possible, but the other, so there's another punter from Georgia who, is sort of getting overlooked because a like leg strength is like out of this world, but this Georgia punter is, you know, in, in other years, he would be considered like the top punter.
1: The Eagles are going to get that (laughs) guy. I'm calling it right now. Whoever that Georgia punter is, that's who they're going to get. I can't
2: recall what his name is offhand. And then there's a kicker there. The Eagles aren't getting a kicker, obviously, since, you know, Jake Elliott had such a great bounce back year, but his last name was Dicker. And, uh, it'd be fun to get the kicker. So, um, that's my kicker analysis from the senior bowl.
1: okay um good, good stuff Jimmy. um one of the things that I wanted to talk about coming out of the Senior Bowl from watching afar was how Harry Roseman reportedly eyeing up one Malik Willis who you touched on your quarterback mm-hmm. thing there. um I did see Daniel Jeremiah tweet out that Malik Willis was like clearly the best quarterback uh down in Mobile and i wanted to get your thoughts on the eagles i guess well him a little bit more so i guess you already touched on him but maybe him a little bit more so but also just the idea of taking a quarterback assuming they are not you know trading for a veteran right. obviously at this point and they just have hurts as qb1 um in part because like why not because if you have three first round picks or two, depending on what they do if they trade. Um, but like almost like why not take one if you're not convinced and you're the quarterback factory and you see a prospect in that range of like nineteen, whatever, whatever it falls to, um, and you're like, hey, why not take a shot on this guy? Maybe, maybe, I don't even know, but maybe in theory, that could be the first quarterback off the board, depending on how things go, or like the second one, whatever. Um would you be into that? Like taking one just because why not almost?
2: So I think we'll know by the time the draft rolls around whether they're trading for a veteran or not, because that'll happen well before the draft anyway. So if they right. don't trade for someone, then that's their last option before they settle on hurts for the season. So, yeah, I mean, I think at 15, uh, if you have, uh, Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or, um, uh, Malik Willis sitting there, you have to strongly consider all three of them. Now I would be a little less enthusiastic about a guy like Kenny Pickett. It depends on what they're looking for in a quarterback. Like, He's not anything special in terms of like there isn't one trait about him that really just jumps off the screen when you watch him. Um, he's just steady, like, he's accurate, he gets the ball out reasonably quickly, he has some mobility. Uh, he's not going to remind anyone of uh, you know, Lamar Jackson or Mike Vick the way that he runs or anything like that. Uh, but he can, you know, escape the pocket and. You know, pick up first downs and stuff with his legs, but he's not. I and, think I saw him and, and,
1: compared to Matt Hasselbeck. Okay, uh, I think the Ringer might have compared that, and I, that comp- comp- I like that. Another comp that I've seen of- for him
2: is Derek Carr, which I think makes okay. sense. Um, uh, but Malik Willis is, uh, I think he's probably the highest ceiling quarterback of this class. So if he's sitting there at fifteen, you take him with the premise of, okay, well he's not going to start for for me in twenty. 22, it'll still be Jalen Hurts, but you give him time to, you know, sort of get a sea legs in the NFL and maybe in a year or two, he can sort of realize his potential. I think he's kind of like the, uh, the Trey Lance of, of this draft class. Um, Trey Lance was sort of comped to Josh Allen in that he had all the physical, uh, size, athletic, uh, tools, but just needed time to, to grow, uh, the difference being, Josh Allen played right away, and Trey Lance did not. So, like, uh, I think Malik Willis is kind of in that bucket, but more on the Trey Lance side, and that I don't think you want to play him immediately as a rookie. Um, but yeah, I mean, he it, it was clear during practice, like you said during the uh, for the chairman. Like I thought, like Kenny Pickett had the be- had the best first day of all the quarterbacks, but as the week kind of went on, like you can just see the difference in the raw talent that Malik Jackson has or Malik Jackson. I've been saying that over and over again, Malik Willis, excuse me, (laughs) not former Eagles defensive tackle Malik Jackson. Malik Willis has, you know, by far the best, um, you know, physical. To- the only quarterback that wasn't really there at the Senior Bowl this year, among the top prospects, was Matt Corral. Like I would have really liked to have seen him as well because he's got like a really good, he's got really good arm talent as well. So it would have been interesting to see him. But uh, among the-, the guys that competed at the Senior Bowl, like Malik Willis is head and shoulders above everyone else just in terms of raw talent. What I would
1: say about Jalen Hurts that I don't agree with in terms of a lot of people say, like, he deserves to be the starter next year. And I don't really agree. Mm-hmm. Like, he, I don't think he earned that, like, unquestionably. I think he earned being the fallback option. If you can't get an upgrade, I do agree with that much. But, like, the Eagles don't need to be loyal to Jalen Hurts. Like, he's not earned them um not looking for an upgrade and whether that's in, in the form of a veteran and if the Eagles can't get that which I think would be the best move as we kind of just alluded to with Russell Wilson then absolutely looking for some kind of contingency in the draft especially um if there's going to be someone available and you have these multiple picks like that just seems to make sense to me I just don't think To me, it's a real plan to just wait and be like, well, we're just going to build up around Jalen Hurts. And let me know if this sounds like accurate or off base or or worth saying or not. Um, Many things I do say might not be, but I want to get your take on it, Jimmy. Um, When the Eagles made the trade for those extra picks, especially the move down, maybe not as much with Carson Mm -hmm. Wentz, but especially, you know, moving down like they did. I don't think they were thinking like, hey, we're going to use these on some stud defenders next year. <laughs> right. That doesn't mean right. that it can't play out that way. Especially, you know, I think if in a world where Jalen Hurts he has an even stronger season this year, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm, I think it's absolutely relevant that when they're making that trade in their minds, they're probably thinking we're using this to address quarterback in some way, whether that is trade up for one or take one or trade for a veteran. Like I just, is, do you think there's anything to that? Or am yeah, I I always kind of view those of
2: picks as sort of earmarked for quarterback, uh, unless, um, uh, until the point where it didn't make sense to use those (laughs) on a quarterback, which maybe were there because uh, maybe the cost to trade for like uh, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, or you just don't want Deshaun Watson, whatever. But the the cost for like a a Russell Wilson, for example, is just, you know, too exorbitant or the quarterbacks in the 2022 class, just, you know, you didn't fall in love with any of them or anything like that. Um, So maybe that's a reason not to do it, but, When they acquired those picks, in my mind anyway, it was like, yeah, those those are gonna be addressed. They're going to be used to address the quarterback position until it's proven that they don't need to address that position. And I don't think we're there. I don't think we're at the point where it's been proven that the Eagles have their definitively have their long term solution at quarterback.
1: Or that, like, Jalen Hurts can only succeed if he's given every chance, every using every resource possible to build around him. You know what I mean? So I think that's what some people would like to see is, like, just go all in on him, use every resource, and then if he fails, he fails. But to me, it's like, that sounds nice, but it's not that simple because he fails, and then now you don't have resources, and you're kind of just stuck. I feel like if they did take one in the
2: first round, too, it would only... Like he, he's not going to turtle like Carson Wentz. Did. exactly. I think it'd be the exact opposite. In fact, I think it would motivate him to you yes. know play better and play whatever. Uh, to to sort of make sure that the guy that they draft remains on the bench and and mm-hmm. not taking over for him.
1: Yeah, and also if you're drafting a guy in that range. Let's say like 19, again, 15 through 19, whatever. You're not definitely starting him week mm. one as if you are, you know, if you're trading up for him with a, you know, top five pick or right. whatever. So it would be like a legit battle basically in camp. It would be like, you know, Jalen Hurts is looking good in camp and, and he, then he's, and he would get some of the benefit of the doubt. He's the guy. But if the rookie is coming in and lighting it up, well, then maybe, you know, leash is so long for Jalen Hurts. Um, so. I definitely think the at the very least, my thing with the quarterbacks in this draft class has been like, the Eagles can't just listen to everyone else, which is the common talking point that, oh, the quarterbacks aren't worth taking this year. Like, that's not their job. Yeah. Their job is not to like, just listen and go along with that. And also, as I brought up before, people are wrong about like quarterback prospects and classes all the time. <laughs> yes. You know, there was argument about who's better, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz or Marcus Mariota and Jameis winston well you could say arguably the best quarterback from all of those right now at least might be dak prescott who's in the fourth <laughs> right. round so you know like you can't just say like you can't just go with chalk and assume that you know everyone talking about the quarterback class is right like the eagles have to do their own homework and come to the conclusion that conclusion if that's truly it or if they really like you guys so all right um that's the big thing from the senior Bowl. anything else from the senior bowl before we wrap up
2: Mm-hmm. No, it's pretty uneventful on like the uh information front, I guess. Um
1: Like the rumor the mill. Rumor
2: mill, yeah. Uh light light pickings on the rumor mill. Um it was horrible down there. The second day, it was like pouring rain. It was, so if you looked at the weather heading into that week, it was gonna What was you it's gonna be like sixty-five degrees and I've been fooled so many times going down there because it seems like the weather's going to be nice. And then you get get to the stadium and you're just freezing your ass off for like four or five hours. But me, Tommy, the aforementioned Fran, and C Mac were, were all sitting together on that day two. And McLean came over and uh, we were sitting there for uh, that day two practice. It was pouring rain. Mm. It was windy. It was awful, but we were football guys. So, you know, as football guys, we sat out in the rain and we watched, we watched, uh, bunch of college guys throw the ball around
1: (laughs) for you (laughs) listeners just for you just so jimmy suffered so you can prosper right what a guy (laughs) um my my last senior bowl take real quick is that jermaine johnson is absolutely going to be selected by the eagles assuming he's still on the board for them when they pick why do you say that i don't know it just seems seems like that's like exactly their kind and i i'm 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 intrigued by it it seems like he could be their kind of guy i mean i just think it's a lock that they're going to take a defensive Lyman yes. in the first round because spoiler alert, that's what they do mm-hmm. historically. And they have a bigger need edge rushers than,
2: than, than most other years too at that spot. Yeah,
1: absolutely. They need an edge rusher. They absolutely need one. Um all right. So that's my last senior bowl take. Uh you don't have anything else to me, so why don't we hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors before we go to our final and third segment.
2: Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five is how you can get in touch with Kristen Roach, call, text her, email her uh, at Kristen, with an I, all, eyes all around, no E's, roach at gmail.com. Or you can find her at roachrealtors.com if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Uh, again, 856-906-9295, rated by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. So she comes with uh, impeccable credentials. Brandon?
1: There is an E in Realtor, though. That's true. Don't spell that with an I. <laughs> Back after this.
2: Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Roach Realtors. Roach Realtors. Kristen Rocha of Roach Realtors. She's the greatest. 856 Eight five six nine
3: zero oh, six
1: nine two nine five nine two nine five. Back here on BGN Radio for our third and final segment. James, kind of cheating on the NFC mixtape a little bit here. Uh, kind of want to dip our toe into the division. I know it's a division that you hold near and dear mm-hmm. in terms of analyzing it, Jimmy. Sure. Of course, you once wrote about it for now defunct mm-hmm. Uh Any thoughts on <laughs> the New York football giants? Because since we recorded the last BGN radio, they have a new head coach in Brian Dable. Yeah. I don't think we ever really talked a ton about the Joe Shane hire either, which I think we're kind of waiting a little bit to see who they hired. At head oh, coach. Is that how to you, that how you that. pronounce
2: that? I didn't know that. Okay.
1: It is Joe Shane. It,
2: on paper, it looks like shown. I know. That makes sense. And
1: you would think like it kind of matches like Joe shown. Yeah but no. Okay. It's Joe Shane. All right. It really should be J Shane, but it's not because it's a German thing. Someone emailed me about this. Uh, I mean, I was pretty much kidding when I said it should be J Shane. <laughs> I, I understand it's different, but I did appreciate the email nonetheless. Um, and then there's the Flores, Brian oh Flores God, angle yeah. of it all, obviously. But I guess before even that part, though, mm-hmm. just touching on like, what do you make of the Dable hire for the Giants? Well, I'll, talk, and I'll touch Shane on hire. Shane
2: real quick first. I mean, there is no way to go but up <laughs> from Dave Gettleman. I mean, Gettleman was the worst GM in the NFL and possibly sports, uh, <laughs> the major sports anyway. Just a total disaster. And this Giants team, as we mentioned in previous uh, episodes, was, I mean, the worst NFL, te- the worst team in the NFL by the time the season was over. Just an absolute embarrassment um, from top to bottom. Coaching staff, front office, players on the field. Awful. And then, you know, they go out, they fire the GM. GM quote-unquote reti- quote, retires, whatever. They fired Joe Judge. It looked like Joe Judge was going to stick around an- initially. Mm. And then he just kind of talked his way out of the job by spewing lies and just craziness in his press conferences to end the season. And I guess the Giants realized, wow, this guy's like we got to get him out. Like like he's embarrassed. He's now embarrassing the organization. We got to get him out. Uh, So they hire Shane. I think he sounded fine in his initial press conference and Dable, uh, who of course is credited with, um, you know, working his magic on Josh Allen uh, over the last few years. I think Dable, what was he hired as the offensive coordinator in 2018? I think with the bills, he'd actually had three different (laughs) offensive coordinator jobs in the past um, with the chiefs, the Browns and I forget who else. And that was around the time frame of like 2009 to 2012. Uh, all three of those teams were God awful um, with horrible quarterbacks. So can't really blame him for any of those, uh, the, the trials and tribulations of those teams. But I think the hire is fine. It was, uh, came, it came down between him and Brian Flores, of course, uh, I think Flores would have, or did it <laughs> right. Uh, Flores, I think, would have given them instant credibility defensively because you look at like what he was able to do. I mean, those Miami teams were bad. His his record over the last three years in Miami was 24 and 25. And there is no way that it can be posited as any other way than that. He outperformed expectations with that team like they had nothing on that roster and still kind of like the, you look at their roster. They don't have really have many good players and he got them basically to like a 500 team with a defense that was very very fun to watch like they they got after it like they pressure quarterbacks and and they're they're deceptive and really difficult for for some quarterbacks to deal uh with with that defense and i think he would have you know instantly uh made the, i mean took a serious weakness of the giants with their horrible defense and possibly turned it into a, a strength in quick time Uh, You know, I understand the Dable hire, but obviously, of course, what happened there was (laughs) Bill Belichick texts, he got his, Brian's confused, and he texts Brian uh, Flores, congratulations on the job, probably, like the range of emotions that Brian Flores must have had getting that text, like, oh, shit, did I get this job? Does Belichick know something that I don't? And then he quickly realized he thought he was texting Brian Dable, and that sort of set off the... Uh, realization that Flores' interview was kind of a sham and really just mm. kind of uh, to, to you know, uh, fulfill their, Satisfy their the Rooney, their Rooney rule. rule obligation to interview a, a minority candidate. So, um, yeah, I mean, the Giants go from this horrible season where they're just an embarrassment down the stretch and then, OK, looks like they're moving in the right direction with this GM hire that everyone seemed to approve of and whatever. And now they're right back into embarrassing territory with this, um, uh, credible, in my opinion, uh, lawsuit that, that Flores has brought, uh, against the NFL, the giants, the dolphins and the Denver Broncos. I'm not
1: laughing at the nature of the situation, obviously, because it's pretty crappy that a lot of black candidates don't get serious attention and, then that there's only one black head coach in the NFL right now is a joke to me. D'Amico Ryan should easily be a head coach right now, especially if Jonathan Gannon is getting, you know, out there which. getting coaching buzz in consideration. When I think he's like, it's a one to one comparison. Like, how often does that even happen? Where like you can take two candidates who are like almost identical, except one is clearly better than yes. the other one. <laughs> yeah. And like, and I think that's the case with Gannon. Yeah, i not to laugh at
2: that, but it, it is, it is like, it's, it's, when you look at it, it's great. And there, there's been what, six hires so far? And they're all white. Mm-hmm. It's not a good look. Yeah,
1: it's not great now. But I, what I was laughing at, though, I will say, is like just the uh, abrupt like message by Bill Belichick to first of all, a little bit of a psycho move to end your text with your uh, your initials. I mean, I get he's older, whatever, but it's just it's concerning to me a little bit. Um, and. Also, just like the, the change in tone, like, Oh, my bad. Actually, you're not getting this job. And actually, your interview is a sham. And then Brian Flores just texts back. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like a weird. Oh. I don't know. It was just funny to me. It's like, hey, thanks. Um, yeah, not great though. Um, so that's where the giants are. I do think, you know, putting that aside, that aspect, which I can't entirely. And maybe they're going to get punished for it. But prior to this, I guess I should say, I think with the Shane and Dable hires, that does seem to be an indication they are, I mean, it can't get much worse. That's the reality of it. Like they, they hit rock bottom last mm-hmm. year. So they really can't, they could stay bad, I guess, but they can't really get too much lower. And I do think, um, while there might be some questions about Dable, like I think he's probably going to be, I mean, to me, he's probably way better than Pat Shermer. He's way more inspiring than Pat Shermer or Joe judge were. I will say at the very least, I'm more intrigued by his resume in terms of, you know, work with Josh Allen and the bills offense and everything. than. His predecessors. And then with Shane, I mean, the Bills have made some good personnel mm-hmm, moves sure. and they really overhauled that roster. So I think there's again, some kind of, and he seems like a, you know, from what I can tell from a press conference and very limited information seems, you know, like forward thinking, progressive, analytical, you know, not a dinosaur like Dave Gettleman. And really, um, the, the best case scenario for the Eagles and any other NFCs fan would have been the Giants running it back with Joe Judge and. They weren't going to keep Gettleman. That would have been great, but that wasn't realistic. But them like promoting Kevin Abrams or whatever and kind of just, you know, failing to see that they needed real change so that they made some real change uh doesn't make me feel great. It doesn't make me think that Giants are going to suddenly go on another improbable Super Bowl run. But I think they could go from like, you know, four win team to maybe like seven, eight win kind of team, at least in the near future, which is not great. For the Eagles, because that makes their games against the Giants potentially like a little bit tougher. I mean, heck, they lost to Joe Judge twice. So, I mean, there you go. Yeah. Um, But just that's my thought on them. And we'll see what happens in terms of if they get punished or anything for the Flores thing. Um,
2: Well, they they, they, Washington Commanders, Jimmy. Before we get to them real quick, too, the one thing they said uh, too before uh, was that they did everything possible to ruin Daniel Jones. (laughs) <laughs> like through his first uh, three years in the NFL. I don't think Daniel Jones is like, you You look at like what he is as a player. He's got athletic ability. Like mm-hmm. you saw that run that he had against the Eagles. Of course he fell, <laughs> but before he fell, he was outrunning the Eagles cornerbacks. So he's got like athleticism. And as a passer, like I think he's, you know, decent enough. It's just, he has been the, the, the turnovers have been really problematic, both in terms of fumbles, Uh, and interceptions. So if he can get, uh, you know, if Dable can, can sort of turn him around a little bit, maybe they can salvage uh, his career. And, you know, the fact that they took him sixth overall when he really shouldn't have gone that high. Uh, But uh, I I think that's, that's sort of the, the, the big thing there. The idea that he's going to get compared to Josh Allen is kind of hilarious to me, (laughs) like, because Brian Allen was, or excuse me, uh, Brian Dable was able to to get the most out of Josh Allen's uh, physical ability that he'll be able to do the same thing for Daniel Jones. Please, like, let's not go that far. But I do think that uh, Daniel Jones will be in a much better position to succeed than he was previously.
1: Um, do you remember one of the cornerbacks who was being outrun by Daniel Jones on that play? Well, one of them gave Famously. up. M-
2: Mills, at least, stuck yes. with it. Imagine Daniel Jones, by the way, got up. Like, if they both quit on that play and Daniel Jones got up, and he scored anyway. <laughs> but mm-hmm. At least Mills kept running and was able to touch him down. But the other one was uh, the uh, cornerback that they didn't mm-hmm. sign. And he was ho- like one of the worst cornerback seasons I've ever had. I can't believe I can't think of his name. He was a slot guy. Ah! Mm-hmm. You ready where we go! It? Nice. Got yep. It's at the buzzer.
1: <laughs> the guy who the Eagles like leaked that they believed he was a top five nickel cornerback, and <laughs> they signed him, and yeah. then really struggled with the Eagles last year. And he played like one game with the Lions this year. I think he spent some time in their practice squad, the worst team in the league for mm-hmm. a lot of the season. Um, so he was terrible
2: times. in twenty twenty. Terrible for the Eagles
1: again, a player the Eagles <laughs> thought was a top five slot corner in the NFL. Yes. Um, I do agree. And I've said this before in the mixtape. I don't think Daniel Jones is a lost cause. And now, you might know, be like, well, how are you down on Jalen Hurts? And yet you still have hope for Daniel Jones. And like, I don't think I've hope for Daniel Jones being a great quarterback, but I think I have hope for him being like a starting quarterback at some level in the NFL. Um, RJ and I have talked about before how he could be like potentially a good quarterback for a team like the Steelers who wouldn't necessarily need him to do all the heavy lifting but can kind of just be stable Mm -hmm. and in 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 a more solid organization they could help bring more of the best out of him and I do think he has some like ability arm talent if you call it that and everything and obviously his mobility and all that so I don't think he's ever a top 10 kind of starter but I think he can be I don't know, like top 16, he'd be top half of the league, like his ceiling. I think he could maybe get there. Um, I don't know if we'll get there with the Giants. I think it's probably more likely than not he doesn't. Um, but I don't know. I think like I, I have more hope for him with Brian Dable than I did Joe Judge. I think, you know, maybe, maybe they can make it work. I don't think Josh Allen is a good example for Jalen Hurts or Daniel Jones or any other quarterback really. As a great reason to be like, this quarterback who isn't great right now could be down the road. That seems more of the uh, exception than the rule to, to bet on, but we'll see. I think uh, they're going to give it a shot, and, and we'll see how it goes.
2: D- Dave Gettleman famously Commanders. fell fell uh, head over heels for Daniel Jones at the Senior Bowl, by the way. And, and right. not even the Senior Bowl practices. He talked about, I think it was like a drive or two, that he had during the game, <laughs> he, mm. like he he was convinced uh, that he had that he, like that was the quarterback for him uh, during two drives of a college all-star game. So that's right, so that's, you've not so that's to what Eagles fans are losing uh, for, for Dave Kettleman, you know, losing his job with with the Giants.
1: Anyway, sorry, continue. you you've been trying to avoid this. Yes, I keep trying to bring it up, but you keep trying to avoid the Washington <laughs> Commanders, Jimmy. You must really not like the name.
2: I liked. It's funny because I thought they stumbled onto a cool name with just the football team. I kind of like the football team. It was like kind of mocked at first, but then it was kind of like I kind of like football team. And I think they took a step backwards by calling themselves mm-hmm. the Commanders. What's funny about the, uh, the 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 name change is more. Do you see the crest that they have? Where like I it did. has their championship years on the, on the crest. Or does it? <laughs> so, like, they won Super Bowls in 1982, I believe 1987, and 1991. But on this crest logo, or whatever you want to call it, they have the years 1983, 1988, and 1992, Meaning they have the years on there where the actual Super Bowl game was played, so it's the equivalent of the Eagles putting 2018 on their logo (laughs) as as their big triumphant year. Which uh, can can you? It's so funny how inept that organization. You can't even get that right. Just a bunch of morons there. But yeah, what do you think about the name change?
1: I do. I did like football team as well. I thought that worked. Uh, it might be a little silly, but it just it was simple. And uh, WFT as an yeah. acronym is kind of good to work with. I think. Um. So I think this is dumb. But don't even take it from me. How about Chase Young, who was asked about like different name <laughs> options yeah. in the past, and this was resurfacing this week. I think this was like a year ago. Yeah. And he had said, uh, he was like grading. He was given a task of grading <laughs> that's the names. Great. As that's they suggested It's so, it great him.
2: that somebody asked him that ahead of time.
1: It is. And commanders came up and he said, like, very quickly, he was like, oh, F. <laughs> that's an F <laughs> name. So your star player is already on the record being like, this yeah. name sucks. Um, <laughs> great. I think mean, it's just, I don't know, it's dumb. It's lame. It's dumb. The people at Hogshaven, I've seen, they don't like it. Um, it's a name at the end of the day. So it's not like. I don't know. You know, I mean, if they if they if the name sucks and they make a ton of great personnel moves, if they somehow trade a seventh round pick for Patrick Mahomes, which isn't going to happen. But if they did that, then, you know, maybe they would screw him up still because they're Washington. But, you know, uh it's not the it's not the end all be all of a bad name. But, you know, it kind of sums up what their organization is. But Jimmy, they also it got, it got
2: revealed early too. Like everyone knew what it was going to be by the time they actually said what it was. So they messed yeah. that up too.
1: Yeah, Joe Theismann was interviewed recently, and he was talking about it. Like it was definitively the name before it had been <laughs> confirmed. And I think they kind of even asked him, or it, it, it came up later after the fact that interview was out there. That, and he was like, "Oh, I don't know anything." Like he kind of tried <laughs> to backtrack it, but it was so obvious that like he's just lying. That's great. So that was great. Um, who do you think the first quarterback of the Washington Mm. commanders is week one starting quarterback in 2022?
2: Well, they can't run it back with Taylor Heineke. I mean, he's, he was better than, I don't know, some of their other quarterbacks over the last 30 years. It's crazy. The number of guys that have actually started games for them since the Daniel uh, Snyder era began there. They're up. They're close to like 30 at this point. Um, but i hey, think
1: John Beck is their starting quarterback at one point.
2: The the problem that they're going to face is th- uh who's going to want to go there. So they can't really trade for a veteran. There's no way Russell Wilson is waving his trade clause to go there. Uh there's certainly no way Deshaun Watson, well maybe not certainly no way, but i i don't think that he would want to go there either. And uh Aaron Rodgers certainly doesn't want to end his career in Washington. So I think it's draft or bust for them. So I think they wind up either with Kenny Pickett, with Matt Corral, or with Malik Willis. And I'd hate to see Malik Willis go there and have his mm. career ruined before it even begins. Um, I think Kenny Pickett probably will go before they pick. What are they picking? Like 11th or 12th or something like that?
1: Eleven, I think.
2: So I actually think Kenny Pickett might go top 10 um, just because he's going to be you know, not – he's going to be a safe sort of safe is such a bad way to put it, but, um, he's probably the most complete prospect from the quarterback position in terms of the lack of flaws. So I think he goes the most
1: projectable. What do you yeah, say? That's
2: probably a way to put it. Like he, he's, he reminds he's like a, like a Mac Jones type. People are going to look at Mac Jones and go, okay, well we can at least get that out of Kenny Pickett. Um, so I think the I think it might, like they might take a swing on like a Matt Corral maybe in the first round, mm. but I do think they're going to take a quarterback with with their with their first round pick.
1: Well, they have to kind yeah. of right. I mean, what are they going to do? Like you said, they're not going to get a veteran pro- or at least a worthwhile mm-hmm. one. Maybe you can get R.J. said like they're going to sign Andy Dalton, but <laughs> I mean, I don't think they could do that though. Like that's you can't sell that. Yeah. They have to have some kind of sell. And to me, as I said to R.J. earlier this week, I think it's Jimmy G. I think okay. Jimmy G is going to end up there. And, um, I don't think Jimmy G is really going to want to end up there because I don't think anyone does, but like who's banging down the door for Jimmy G? I don't think it's, it shouldn't be a ton of teams, but for a team like Washington, who hasn't even been to the NFC championship game since 1991, before I was even born. And it's the longest drought tied with the Lions, obviously in the conference. Like, isn't it at least somewhat of a sell? Not like to me, an actually good move, but at least like you can say to your fans, Hey, here's a quarterback who went to the <laughs> NFC championship game twice in the past three years. Like, that's at least a, an attempt of a sell. And I don't think it's the only move they'll make. I think it would be like you trade for Jimmy G and you would draft a guy still. Uh, you, you you know, you wouldn't just put all of your eggs in the Jimmy G basket, but I don't know. I feel like I feel strongly somehow he is going to to end up there. Maybe like reverse them
2: talking themselves into being like, OK, we can be like the 49ers model because I mean, mm-hmm. you think back to, you know, this time last year, we were probably thinking of their defense as being one of the best in the NFL. I mean, obviously, they were far from that in 2021. They had a lot of injuries, uh, of course, so. It, you know, it's expected that they're going to be better next year than they were this year, but they can maybe talk themselves into being that model. And they kind of have some like similar players to the 49ers in, you know, guys that can get yards after to catch sort of like Terry McLaurin is a legit player. Um, uh, the running back whose name is escaping me. Antonio Gibson, Gibson. is is, uh, is is a quality running back. Their offensive line, I think, is okay defense has potential so i can kind of get them talking themselves into that i mean it'd be terrible i'd be furious if our if our washington fan what do you think it takes to get him two
1: yeah i don't think it's a one i think it's a two maybe it's like a reverse connection with kyle shanahan maybe he's like wants to sick jimmy (laughs) g on washington he's like here 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 you go take this
2: pulling the grenade throwing it into uh lucas oil stadium (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, with Carson Wentz.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. That's what I think is going to happen, but we will see. I'm going draft. Any draft final let's, thoughts? Uh,
2: let's, let's let's write this down real quick. I say they draft a guy. You say Jimmy G.
1: Well, Jimmy G and draft no, a guy. No,
2: you were Jimmy G. I'm draft a guy.
1: But, I said, but we said the question is week one <laughs> starter, and I will say Jimmy G. Oh, okay. I'm going
2: to go draft a guy, week one starter.
1: So it's a Ricky? Okay. Okay. All right. Did you write it down? <laughs> Jimmy J, because for those who didn't see, uh, and that's everyone because you're listening to this. Uh, Jimmy did actually grab a pad to write it Jimmy down and he is doing that right now. Brandon has Jimmy um, and Jimmy in the meantime, I'm going to ask Jimmy about his final thoughts, Jimmy K, not Jimmy T. Um, f- before we leave this episode, any final thoughts, James,
2: I am going on vacation this week. Um, so please don't rob me. No, I'm just kidding. Somebody's it's your like fifth vacation this somebody's... year. It's crazy. <laughs> that's not true. Uh, but somebody will be here in my house, so you can't rob me anyway. Um, but yeah, so going on vacation. What's your address again? Very much looking forward to that. So we won't have – a. Re- the only reason I mentioned that is because we won't have a podcast uh, the, uh, next week anyway. So we'll have one. The next one will probably be early the following week, like the 13th, 14th, something like that. Um, so my apologies in advance for that. But I'm going to go enjoy myself. I mean,
1: Jimmy is speaking out of turn here. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what I have planned while he's gone. (laughs) Well, didn't we we pre-discuss
2: that? I don't remember. Or or did we know? I forget. Who knows? Uh, I had it in my head that we discussed that. And now you're... uh...
1: We'll figure it out. Yeah, I think we are going to record early in, you know, as opposed to late next week, early into that next week. But, you know, maybe I'll try to get a guest on while you're gone and do something. We'll see. Yeah.
2: We'll see. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that guest... Isn't so good that uh, I get kicked off the podcast.
1: Uh, You're never back.
2: <laughs> I get I get Wally pipped out of the podcast.
1: Mm. Uh, so that's, that's my final
2: thought. As I'm looking forward to the to the, my vacation and my apologies in advance for not having an episode that I'm on anyway that next week.
1: All right, my final thought is big shout out to not our sponsor but the sponsor of a different podcast and just a good friend of mine, uh, Mr. L.O. Paworski from L.O. Paworski Jewelers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you need jewelry, you got to go there. It is genuinely the best place to go. Um, so check him out. LL invited me and a couple other friends to the Sixers game on Wednesday against, who were they playing? The Wizards. Um, mm-hmm. it was a bad um, loss. And they right? lost, so yeah. Yeah. It was a loss. So that was a bummer. Um, the Sixers didn't, it was weird though. Like they didn't play like totally terrible. Like they only had like a couple turnovers and, and they shot, I think over like 40 from three. It was just kind of like a weird game. I think it was a letdown game coming off of the big win over the Grizzlies, which, you know, Embiid didn't even play yeah. in and Maxi did really well. Um, but anyway, um, got to go to that game with LL had some really good seats. So big shout out to him. Great friend. Uh, also shout out to Steve, who my mom refers to as LL's bodyguard who also came and, uh, Mike Levin's older brother, who I never thought was a real person because the way they always talk about it on the rights, Turkey Sanchez, it just, it feels fake to me. It feels like they're doing a bit because Spike Eskin knew like Mike Levin's older brother before he ever even knew Mike. And they came together later in life, like not, I don't know. It was like, it's, it's weird, like small, it's it's a small world kind of thing. So, anyway, that was surreal. Um, but yeah, big shout out to LL. Make sure you go to him if you need jewelry because he's a great guy and he's going to help you get a great deal and everything. Great product. Um, so not a sponsor of this podcast, but I uh, just want to give a big shout out to him. Um, and also, Jimmy, a big shout out to the SB Nation NFL show because. We have a lot of content coming up there. going to be a lot of big guests because of the Super Bowl week, and everyone's you know promoting things. So we're going to have some. I think we have Mark Sanchez coming up on there, former Eagles quarterback. We have Russell Wilson, future Eagles quarterback, <laughs> coming up on there. A lot of other guests. Do you really? Um, so you're going to want to check you got that Russell out.
2: Russell Wilson.
1: Russell Wilson will be on the SB Nation NFL show. Oh, okay. Yes. Will you be on there? So. Uh, I, not to my knowledge yet, I believe my good friend, uh, and co-host on the off day debrief, Rob stats, Guerrera will be interviewing him 49ers fan. I think he has told Russell Wilson before who he he has interviewed to his face that he hates him because (laughs) he makes his life terrible (laughs) as a 49ers fan. Um, so yeah, so a lot of good interviews and other roundtable stuff and super bowl preview content coming up uh on the sb nation nfl show so make sure you subscribe leave your rating review all to that there that stuff in addition to here on bleeding green nation um check out righteous melon craft turkey by going to righteousmelon.com. discount code bgn15 for 15 off your order same discount code works at wildnaturepet.com for 15 off dog treats you can call text Christian Roach, Roach Realtors, by using this phone number
2: 856 906
1: 9295. Or you can go to roachrealtors.com for more information. Looking to buy, sell, rent a house, as I said. Um, I think that does it, Jimmy. It's been a good show. So why don't we have another one when you get back from vacation?
2: Yes. Well done. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Peace. G-M.
0: Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands.